watching them stand resolute and capable in stances they had only just been taught, Kaladin realized something. These men, cast off by the army, forced to work themselves near to death, then fed extra food by Kaladin's careful planning, were the most fit, training-ready recruits he had ever been given. By seeking to beat them down, Sadius had prepared them to excel. Heroes of Presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 49, 50, and 51. If you haven't gotten that far in the book yet, uh, I would suggest going back and reading the chapters that you need to to catch up. If you have gotten that far, be sure that you haven't skipped an episode. Um, We wouldn't want you to miss any of the fun. Uh, If you're all caught up on everything, then enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and uh, with me again, as always, is the man who taught me it was always better to care while podcasting. It's Jack! What's up? Hey, hey, Sean, how you doing? Good, man, good. Um, So, uh, right up the top of the show here, we should let the listeners know that this is the second time we're recording this episode. Um, We did like an hour and 45, almost two hour podcast yesterday. Um, And uh, I guess it ran too long and my my laptop uh, decided, no, no, none of this. And it froze. So I lost my track. So if you want to so we um, do this one again, yeah, if you want to hear a one-sided podcast track, tra- Jack's got his probably still saved. We can put that up on <laughs> no, the Patreon I, I, page. I got. Oh, rid did of it. you? Okay, well, sorry, it's lost. <laughs> no one wants to hear that, anyways. But uh, <laughs> it, it's lost. It's a, it's a one. This, it's me. To, it was. It's, it's just me talking to myself. Yeah, we. Um, which, you know. We went on quite a long time. Maybe it was a good thing that we ended up uh, losing that episode because, man, it's we we went on a huge it rant. We talked about like Thelma and Louise we and Karate Kid and Rocky Balboa. We yeah, we were all over the place because I've never seen you. You boy, you were bringing up references to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, to I don't know. Would you say you said something like Drogu? And I'm like, Drogu or Drogu. I was, I'm like, I know, I know, I know who Grogu is. I was trying to say uh, Ivan Drago from the um, Drago. from Rocky Four. What a Drago? Yeah. So see, I don't, I don't know what a Drago is. No, it's it's yeah, but you have to see Rocky Four in order to see it to know what it is. Anyway, what's what's the uh, Drago? What's the guy in Game of Thrones? What's it's a uh, Cal Drogo. So see, I'm this is I'm getting my dro my getting my ragu mixed up with my <laughs> you know my mom my mom used to make this really I don't deli- know my drogo from my ragu uh, my mom used to make this delicious spaghetti sauce when I was a kid but I was like super stubborn and I was like no I only eat ragu for some reason and like now that I'm a man ragu sucks man like it's the worst spaghetti sauce I don't know why I liked it when I was a kid liquid red acid. I nearly, I just took a sip of my coffee and I almost spit taked all over my, my, my mic. How about some acid on your spaghetti? Um, 
Chapter 49. Yeah. Uh, We're doing three chapters this care. episode, right? Yeah, three three chapters we're going to cover to care or not to care. Yeah. Kaladin feels that we should care. He really we does. Yeah, uh, we should care a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's start with this quote so, here at the beginning. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, um, I love this quote. Uh, I really am a, f- a fond of it. I'm actually more fond of it than Yasna seems to be. She's, she says, though, I'm not overly fond of the Katek poetic form overly. as a means of conveying Katek. information. I guess I guess her point is is that this is even though it's pretty and it's rhythmic oh. and stuff, it's not really conveying any information to us. So that's probably why she doesn't like it. Um, hey, dude. N- yeah. Notice that uh, key tech is perfect. Yeah, for sure it is. It's perfectly symmetrical. Yeah, it's a a palindrome. Perfectly symmetrical. It's really nice. A palin- so yeah, the the, the, the palindrome. Pa- it's too bad that palindrome wasn't a palindrome because that would be something. That would be mind blowing. Well, th- what this novel does well is um, clearly Brandon Mr. Sandin has made palindromes his pal. He has. He really loves them. He, um, there's, I don't know if there's going to be a deeper meaning to the palindromes and the symmetrical nature of the, um, the, the, the names, but I know, we know that, um, yeah, Shalon was told mm-hmm. that, um, when names are symmetrical like that and are a palindrome, they, uh, it means you're close to divinity. And, right. um, when they're not, yeah completely perfect uh, um, perfectly symmetrical that means you're close to divinity but you're still mortal so I know that that's trying to kind of link humankind or, or mortals to godhood but I don't I mean I'm not really sure if it's just a style choice or if it's just um, it, whatever he's for whatever reason he's doing it it's awesome I just love it yeah it's it's theming and world building it's just it's, yeah. it's amazing so yeah, this this quote is radiant of birthplace. The announcer comes to come announce the birthplace of radiance, which um, she says that this one is by Alan, and it's often quoted quote, quoted in reference to Urethiru. So we get again another reference here to this uh, city of Urethiru, which um, we still don't know a lot about. We just literally know the name and that that's where the radiance were back before the recreants. Sounds uh it sounds like a nice place to visit, I think. This Urethiru. It does. Yeah. Ooh. It's, Ooh. it's it's almost like it, when 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 you hear that you've been there, oh where were you this weekend? Oh, oh I went to Urethiru. Ooh. Ooh. Urethiru. It actually sounds like the sound a judge makes on a like a baking competition. Like the person brings out the beautiful cupcake and the judges go, Ooh. Like it sounds <laughs> kinda sounds like that. Or maybe it's like the big I- Ibiza. It's like a big uh, party place. Maybe. <laughs> <It's, laughs> you know, Urethiru is, 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 is literally... Is, is it called Ibiza or is it Ibiza or what the it's hell a, It's B- Ibiza, I think. Yeah, it's... Uh, I understand what you mean, though. It's definitely... Urethiru mm. is where all the uh, the young kids go the for raves. raves. Mm. I, I heard, um, actually, Coachella is going to be at Urethiru next year, I think. <laughs> Coachella. And Burning That's Man, right. too. Burning Man goes to Urethiru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the burning rock buds. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, on on the other page, so so this quote is totally cool. On the other page, um, some of my favorite things in these depictions mm-hmm. are the plants, and uh, just before in the paperback version of this, um, there are some wonderful um, illustrations of rock buds and polyps. Mm-hmm. So I really, really love this stuff. The way he goes into this. 
Yeah, I love the look of the uh, the lavis polyps. These are the ones that Cal's uh, community in Hearthstone um, were the ones who like when we learned about like the uh, having to take the worms out of the fields and how a pain of it in the ass it was for the farmers and stuff. So this is what it looks like. So it sort of looks like a pomegranate, and all the the, the grain yeah. is actually inside this protective shell, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's and and again, I was. When we did this the first time, I was just noting that I love the illustrations because it always it's always reminding you when you see these illustrations of one of your main characters, Shalon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so including the artwork in the novelization is not just to depict and for you to imagine. It is that, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not just that. It's also yeah. to bring you more intimately close with a character in, in the uh, in the series which i think is just brilliant it's fantastic it it, it kind of reminds me a little bit about how dalinar is reading the way of kings in us reading the way of kings and it's sort of like that right. shalon in the mm-hmm. story is drawing these sketches and we get to see yeah. those sketches too i know i know that's what's so amazing about it i love it when this when this book first came out um all those years ago when i read it for the first time i was just flabbergasted i had never seen a book like this before that had mm. like that had drawings of a character who was drawing in her book and we got to see it it just it blew my mind i was I, I, mm-hmm. even back then i told people there's this book and you won't even yeah. believe like you, you don't even believe how amazing this book is yeah well and here we are here we are so we're with bridge four Bridge four in the, chasm, in the right? chasms. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kaladin is down, down in the chasms, and they've made their decision that they're going to try to escape, um, because there's nothing else um, for them. I mean, after after he survived the storm, yeah, um, you know, there's nothing left for for, for them to do. So they're going to try training, and they're going to try escaping. Yeah, he's and Kaladin he's, um... is committed to teaching them the spear. Yeah, exactly. And he's um his mind has been uh, occupied with trying to figure out how to do this, right? Um obviously the first step is to train the men, but he's also been thinking about like how do we get out? How, where do we go? Like what direction do we run in? And um he had that uh that, that vivid dream where he was flying with a storm and um he got to see the shattered planes from um an aerial view and so he starts to ask around and he confirms some things about that dream like that the eastern side of the shattered plains were worn away and that this might be the place to go it might be the perfect right. place to escape as long as they right. can survive the chasm fiends and the patrols that um the uh the war camps will send it actually might be the most possible place to go yeah and on first on top of his uh, mind well, first of all, there's this exchange that we covered uh, last time for the first time, for the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Teft goes up to him and says, uh, um, right. son, he, sa- he, he calls him son. Uh, have you felt anything strange lately? And Kaladin's like, strange? What, uh, what kind of strange? I don't know, just anything odd, he coughed. You know, like odd surges of strength, the uh, feeling that you're light. <laughs> the feeling that I'm what? Light, or maybe, like your head is light, lightheaded, that sort of thing. Stormage <laughs> boy, I'm just checking to see if you're still sick. You were yeah. beat up pretty badly by that high storm. I'm fine, Kaladin said, remarkably so, actually. Um, I love this. I love this little exchange that he's he's trying to, like, he doesn't... It, he's it, trying it's to like probe him. About, he's trying to probe him, but he doesn't want Kaladin... He doesn't want to just blurt out what he thinks is right. true. Yeah. 
Um, he wants Kaladin to come to the realization that, you know, you're very unique <laughs> and you, you, you can absorb stormlight and yeah. manipulate it. I like how deftly um, um, Teft here, uh, um, like, pivots. He's, like, you know, trying to lead him. And then when he realizes Cal was, like, thinking he's crazy, he's like, oh, no, no, lightheaded. You know what I mean. Come on now. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. boy. Like, Storm's boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be suggesting anything weird. Or, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not weird or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that that was cool. But I do I like this next bit. This next um, paragraph is where Kaladin, inside of his mind, he's thinking, "Am I the subject of some kind of supernatural curse?" Right. Well, um, Tef's uh, Tef's where, maneuvering where people... here. Tef's maneuvering here works, right? Because. He's like, I'm actually fine, remarkably so. And then and Teft's like, odd, right? And then Te- Cal's like, yeah, that is odd. It is odd, yeah. Well, he's had this, it says, you know, in, right, right in the text, it fed his nagging worry that he was mm-hmm. the subject to some kind of a supernatural curse. Right. It's weird, though, that, again, he, his blessings, he, his, his, his initial reaction to these things are that he's cursed. Right. And who's that? You know, like. Is that Stormbless talking or is that the wretch talking? I mean, I guess, I guess that's the wretch. I mean, not in any real way, but like th- this is that part of Cal mm-hmm. that can't accept anything good about himself. Mm-hmm. I've survived mm-hmm. all these things. You know, Syl tried to tell him, maybe you're the lucky one. Maybe you're lucky that you survived. And he's like, no, I'm cursed because everyone around me dies. He's seeing it in the negative. To Cal, the, uh, the glass is half full or half empty, right? Well, he brings up this... Uh... This uh, immortal, he says that there there were stories of evil men that were made immortal, mm-hmm. and then they were tortured over and over again. This um, this um, immortal, I guess, named Extes, mm-hmm. who had his arms torn off each day for sacrificing his son to the Voidbringers in exchange for knowledge. And the last sentence here in this paragraph, I love. It's, it's it says it was just a tale, but tales come from somewhere, right? So I feel like it's interesting that Kaladin is starting to think of himself as a character Mm -hmm. in some kind of epic or some kind of, you know, legend. I feel like Um, this, this, this sentence here that you're pointing, pointing out is, um, maybe indicative for the whole series. Like there, you know, there's, this is just a tale, but tales come from somewhere. And I feel like, uh, um, Sanderson here is trying to infer that there's... There's more to everything that you've ever read in this book. It might just be stories, but maybe there's truth to everything. Well, is there not another, um, is book two called Words of Radiance? It is, yeah. Does that have any? What does it have like, to do with? Who, what does that have to do? Knows? I don't know. We, I can't tell you anything. I, I, can I tell Dude, you? <laughs> you're like skipping a book ahead. We can't talk about it. I can't ask you. <laughs> No, I want to ask you words no, of radiance. This... Like, like, are, are the words, are the stories real? Like, if if it happens, anyways, whatever. Okay, it gets back out. to what you said before about um about not everything is not as it seems, and uh, um right and tales are not necessarily just tales. There might be nuggets of truth in there, and different perspectives. With the quotes, with well, with, with these quotes from Yasna, we're seeing a lot of perspective. Mm-hmm. We're seeing, right. we're seeing an account written down and then thought about by a scholar, right? And they can be different. So the earlier quotes that we had, where you would have females, you know, throwing in 
comments about uh, um, these things that were written down. And then here we have Yasna mm-hmm. giving her um, thoughts regarding what she's reading. Right. So it's not like anything written down doesn't also have, you know, a different perspective or a filter right. or a series of opinions about it. Mm-hmm. How very so uh, Veristitalian of you. Veristitalian. But you're right, though, because uh, even Yasna is looking into children's stories like Shadows Remembered for nuggets right. of truth in there. So, yeah, this is um, this sentence here is kind of an important one for this whole part because you're right. Uh, Shalon and uh, Yasna, or mostly Yasna, but Shalon a little bit too at the end there, were, we're looking into these strange tales for, for truth. So, yeah, that's a g- mm-hmm. good point to, to bring up. That's awesome. Um, says here that there were supposed to be thousands of different kinds of spren. So I just wanted to underline that because spren hit yeah. action. We should ask our buddy uh, Axis the Collector on whether or not there are thousands of sprens because he, he's collecting them. So maybe he, he knows. Mm-hmm. Our, uh... Yeah, it would be nice to meet the official spren head, the character spren yeah. head that's in this. Yeah, uh, pres- pre- um, El Presidente. El Presidente. Um... So he finds an area where he wants to train the, the, I, I, I almost call them soldiers, but they're not technically, but still bridge for, no, um, the recruits and these, yeah, these recruits and he's ready to train them. And Kaladin is having a thought and he says, oddly, he felt he was now both more in awe and more disappointed in the spear than he'd been as a youth. Right. I really, I, I wrote that down, um, as something I wanted to talk about because I find it speaks to um, the trouble in him. This, you know, this dichotomous, um, this dual nature. Pulling. That, yeah, yeah, the yeah the yeah the dual nature that's that's going on inside this this conflict. This conflict. It's the um, stormblast versus the wretch. It's the surgeon mm-hmm. versus the soldier. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's this mm-hmm. uh, this pull uh, that's happening inside of him. The soldier, or yeah, the soldier versus the bridgeman. Um, yeah. um And then he begins telling his men, this is where I'm supposed to tell you what a sorry group you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, but to, but a little, a little later, he says, today, but that's not how we'll begin. Um, you men don't need, don't need humbling. You don't dream of glory. You dream of survival. Most of all, you aren't the sad, unprepared group of recruits most sergeants have to deal with. You're tough. I've seen you run for miles, carrying a bridge. You're brave. I've seen you charge straight into straight at a line of archers. You're determined. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here right now with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love this I really speech. Like, I love that speech. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit later on, it's amazing. He says, spears were dangerous for him to hold. Mm-hmm because they made him want to fight. And I'm, I was telling you that yesterday that I was comparing that to a barbarian's uh, ra- uh, frenzy or, or rage. Yeah. When, when, when they rage, they get this thrill inside of them about battle and suddenly they're more powerful. They are dealing more damage or mm. they want to fight more. Yeah. Um, and so when I was reading that, I thought, wow, like there's actually like a bit of a barbarian within Kaladin, like this... Um, Primal... Warrior. Yeah. When, when, when he holds, yeah, this, yeah, this warrior, this, well, as you said yesterday, it would be compared to the thrill. Right. Exactly. Right? So. Yeah. And that's what the, mm-hmm. the, that's what these, uh, some of these warriors experience, but I don't think Cal, uh, Cal's never said that he experiences the thrill, but I understand what you mean. No. He's got this like, um, 
like innate ability to fight and hopefully if he is like a barbarian he's not a second edition barbarian he's more of like a third edition or a fifth edition barbarian because <laughs> second edition barbarians killed their friends so well and it's clear here it says spears were <laughs> dangerous for him to hold so right you know that that sort of speaks to the second edition that you're talking about yeah. like exactly if the barbarian yeah. loses control like as as, as we were saying I want to be 30 feet or 60 away from that guy because yeah, we don't, he might attack like, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, you're, you're playing with fire here, I think. Um, it, and then he, he's also the, you know, the melancholy is here, but, uh, I love me some melancholy mm-hmm. and, and infinite little, sadness, infinite sadness too. Me too. I like that. Yeah. I like melancholy with a little bit of infinite sadness. Just a touch, just a touch of infinite sadness. Just a touch. The world is a... It seemed that whenever he picked up weapons, the people around him died. So again, mm-hmm. friends as well as foes. So he's, you know, very heavy thoughts in him. But he, he says this to his men. He says, we don't have six weeks. Yeah. Um, That I was given to train a new batch of recruits. In six weeks, Sadius will have half of us dead. I intend to see you all drinking mud beer in a tavern somewhere safe by the time six weeks have passed. And then mm-hmm. the men, the men cheer. And then he says, the first thing you need to learn is that it's all right to care. Yeah. And I love this part here that comes afterwards because <clears throat> um, he kind of goes through for us in an inner monologue about what he's got to work with. So he's got like 23 men, which is actually a short, smaller amount of bridgemen than he should have, but they've mm-hmm. been keeping him starving because they're still, you know, they're still punishing him for, uh, for side carry, right? For side carry so and he's surviving got, the storm. Yeah. Right, exactly. Even more so for that. Um, but he's yeah, got 23 exactly. men to train. Um, Leighton's with them again, even though he got really badly hurt. He's he's there. Um, mm. And then Dabid's there, and we know that Dabid's still going through battle shock. So he, Staring he's useful. Nothing. There's right, got to be a story useful. there. There's there's something, I don't know. I'm hoping that there's a Dabid story coming our way. Hmm. About, um, you know, where's, like if it's battle, is Dunny here? If it's battle shock. Where's Dunny? Where's Dunny? Is he any of the... Oh, is this a Dunny? Did, he did I just along? hit on something? It, um, I did. So yeah, Leighton's there. I just hit uh, on Dabid's something. Dabid's there. Dabid's here. Uh, he's staring off. What's he um, looking at? What um, is he then, looking at? And then Rock... Uh, I'm just going to talk over no, you, you here. You um, you, and then Rock... Uh, uh, I just Ka- discovered something. <laughs> Cal... Cal says that uh, Rock um, does has no intention of fighting, but we'll get to the reason why later. And then he's, um, and then he says Shen's here too, the parchment, but he does not intend to give him a spear. He's, he thinks that might be a little too far. He like, you know, he wants him to feel, um, welcome to the Bridgman crew, but he, he wasn't really ready to give him a spear yet. It's, he found it too odd, I think. Mm. But, um, yeah, so, um, the, he continues his little speech here. Dre, he asks him, what do you mean that it's okay to care? Yeah. Um, I think that what Kaladin is trying to tell his men is that, you know, being cold and, uh, and, uh, calculated is not a way, um, that they're going to win and escape. Right. Um, he says here, he says, uh, but if you don't care about anything, what are you? An animal driven only to kill. Our passion Mm -hmm. is what makes us human. We have to fight for a reason. So, I say that it's all right to care. 
We'll talk about controlling your fear and anger, but remember this as the first lesson I taught you. And then you and I were talking a bit about this with regards to Star Wars, about the... Yeah, so like um, Cal's saying here that it's okay to care, right? Um, that you can't be this like emotionless, passionless um, uh, automaton, that it's okay to let those feelings in while you're fighting. But right. every time I read stuff like this, like here's some examples. So Cal's saying this in this series, um, in yeah. the Dresden Files, infamously, Harry Dresden will harness his anger and empower his magic. Um, like if he, if someone's been done wrong or something, he'll use that to empower his magic. He's literally using his emotions to fuel his his power. Right. And anytime right. I read any of these stories, it always there's always a tickle in the back of my mind that reverts back to Star Wars because you know you and I being of the same near the same age we grew up mm-hmm. with Star Wars kind of being this like you know like holy whatever when we were kids and <laughs> and Star Wars it teaches us that it's not okay to have passion and um and to all these strong feelings because it could lead to anger which could lead to the dark side which could lead to all these other things that i made jokes about last uh, episode that i can't really remember but i guess my point is is that whenever i read a st- fantasy story or sci-fi story where the characters are not necessarily sci-fi but mostly um uh, fantasy where they're using their emotions to fuel magic or to fuel their abilities it um mm-hmm. it a part of me thinks, well, that's wrong because that'll lead to the dark side. And I'm like, all right, the dark right. side doesn't exist right. here. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, no. You know what I mean? Well, not yet. Not yet. But who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, I, and, and I was pushing back on you a little bit about that because I think that the idea is that your emotions don't uh, control you mm-hmm. and that you're not subject to something. Right. Um, and that you aren't your emotions, that the individual is not just your anger or just your love or just, you know, it's not right. like there's, there's, there's more to yourself than just your emotional leanings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do agree with what Kaladin's saying here is that we need some passion in order to succeed to get out of here. Of course. Like if, if we just, if we do this cold, uh, cold and, and calculated, um, we're, we're, it's, that's not what's going to get, get us out of this chasm. Right. And I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you and I completely agree with Cal. But, but Mace, Mace and Luke, Mace, Ma, uh, Mace Windu and, and Luke Skywalker in those two trilogies that I saw, like, I didn't really see Ben Kenobi express anger in defeating Anakin. That was a controlled fight. Um, but Mace Windu, I believe, used some emotion and passion to defeat uh, um, Darth Darth Sidious. So he I guess, he won. Right? He won that fight. Then and I guess. I believe so he won. He, yeah, okay, personally. so hold on. So yeah. they have a fight. Uh, Mace yep. Windu wins, yep. and then just just Mace jumps Windu out of the window. Wins. He's like, yep. has I him, win. Has him at the throat. I'm just gonna fall out this yep. window. I'm gonna plummet to my death. Okay. Um, in victory. Yay, I won. <laughs> when it, hey, mate. It's just, it's the way I, I'm sorry. He won the fight. I mean, he, I, I, it's, okay. Uh, if, if anyone uh, disagrees uh, with, with, with me on this one, please write in and, uh, I don't, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, I just like a, the idea of Mace Windu, uh, beating the ultimate bad guy in the entire Star Wars universe and then deciding to just give up. <laughs> 
Mace Windu did it. Mace Windu beat the Emperor. That's that's it. Yeah. Anyways, I think he accessed emotion a, a little bit, but again, control. Mm-hmm. He accessed it to accomplish something, and then he was going to execute, which that was the great deliberation of Mace, right. was he was waiting to act out on this you know, impulse where he would have killed him. And in that, Anakin was the intervention and then resulting him flying out the right. window. Uh, forest lightning, whatever. Um, but And then Luke Skywalker at the end, when he's, when he's hammering his father with repeated lightsaber blows over and over and over again, it was the only way to beat Darth Vader down. And he had to because his father, unfortunately, right up until that moment, was intent on turning him right. or killing him. I guess the point... Like Anakin had not come back, right? So that anger was required. That passion was required to defeat Darth Vader. Now, did Luke, um, when he came to that middle line of those two things, did he, did he, um, did he go to the dark side? No, he, in, in that moment, he had that, it was either he was going to become a subject to his emotions Mm -hmm. or, or not. I agree. I agree with what you're saying, and I and I agree with what Cal's saying. I guess the, the reason I bring it up is because um, I feel like I've been indoctrinate, indoctrinated to believe that that a passion and emotions are bad when trying to harness your abilities or to yeah. to fight because because of Star Wars, right? And and I actually like this. Mm-hmm theory that Cal's bringing forth that he learned from Tux yeah. um, uh, more. I, I yeah. actually like, yeah. I, I would prescribe yeah. to this more than I would the other one. Well, and what, and what we did say, uh, and w- like in, in, in terms of con- concluding or thinking about the, the title of this chapter to care, the first lesson that he's trying to teach his men to care. It, it comes from him being taught right. to be a surgeon. It comes from his dad. Like you have to care for people. People are hurt. We must, alleviate mm-hmm. suffering and that's the whole purpose yep. of being is to alleviate suffering yep, that's, that's what i personally believe is that's why yep. any of us are here you have to alleviate mm-hmm. suffering i love it from it's others. great so it's amazing cal remembers so cool. um, cal remembers um, feeling a little bit confused about this lesson when he first learned it too and it took a while for him to like mm-hmm. kind of get it Right. Like it didn't click for him right away. Just like the, the guys, sure. some of these, uh, these men are giving him strange looks, uh, about it. And, um, he, he remembers, yeah, I was those guys before too. I was a recruit, not really sure what Tux was ta- talking about, about caring and stuff. So, so it might take these guys a little while to understand mm. fully what we just talked about. The second lesson is more utilitarian. Kaladin tells his men, mm-hmm. before you can learn to fight, you're going to have to learn how to stand. Mm-hmm. So this, I love it. I, I love this. He says, Scar. Um, no, not the, uh, the Lion no, King. Not Scar, Scar yeah. But, uh, Be prepared. <laughs> um, Scar, come over here and try. Uh, he says, what? Um, Kaladin says, try and throw me off balance. Force me to stumble. So Scar comes forward and attempts to do so. And, and Kaladin gets mm-hmm. into a stance. And uh, Scar attempts to push him over yep. and cannot. And then uh, Kaladin calls over Drahi and Moash, you too, try to force me off balance. And I, I was comparing this moment to like, you know, to Fight Club. I want you to hit me as yeah, hard as you can. Yeah, which is great. I want you to, I want you to do mm-hmm. your worst. Try to, would you, I want you to stump, make me move backward or stumble yeah. and fall down. 
Um, so, and, and, and they try and they, all three of them can't do it. And then I love this. I underline this. He, he says, combat begins with the legs. If your opponent can trip you or make you stumble, mm-hmm. you'll lose. And losing yeah. means dying. I could totally see a, um, a young, awesome. um, a young Brad Pitt playing Kaladin. Like I could see that like a legends oh, yeah. of the fall sure. era, like, uh, like that <laughs> time period. I could totally yeah. see him playing yeah. Kaladin though. We talked about this the yesterday when we recorded and I want to bring it up again because it's kind of Kaladin's young he is. though. He, he could be, it could be the cool like, world. Cool. Um, <laughs> cool world. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like a little bit of, uh, Thelma he's got a little Louise bit of his, Brad, uh, the tips of his hair is all like blonde and stuff. Um, frosty, yeah. frosty yeah. tips. Yeah. No, the, um, <laughs> yesterday we talked about a little bit about how, because I brought up Cal um, maybe being played by Brad Pitt, but it doesn't necessarily mean I f- feel like Cal looks like Brad Pitt. Actually, one of the things that I've really appreciated no. um, looking into the fandom and the fan art is that um, there are fans of the Stormlight Archive all around the world, and these fan artists and uh, uh, and just artists are, um, they depict Cal differently depending on where you are. You know, I've seen um, Asian-looking cows. I've right. seen uh, Latino-looking cows. I've seen, and and I love mm-hmm. them all. I think it's and it's a funny because no matter how they're drawn, they all look like Kaladin. No matter what their faces look like, look like. Yeah. yeah, they all look like Kaladin. Yeah, and um, it makes me think right. two things. It makes me think that we all see ourselves, no matter where you're from in this world, in this character of Kaladin. Right. And also, it makes me think of that right. that that thing that we talked about before about how like, um, no matter um what the Bridgemen looked like, whether they were Azish or um Alethi or Vaden or um you know uh, any of these different yeah. cultures, yeah. they all looked the same because they they looked had like hollow eyes. And so I feel like there's this, I don't know, this like were lost their spirit, sense of self. Yeah. And yeah. Regardless of where they were from, uh, they looked like bridge four. They, they all looked like bridgemen. Yeah. So bridgemen looked like bridgemen. Exactly. No matter where they were yeah, from. Yeah. So if, if all right. bridgemen yeah, look like bridgemen and, uh, we all see ourselves <laughs> as Cal, it's like, we're all bridgemen and there's like a deeper mm-hmm. thing there where we're. Like we're all the same, no matter where we're from and how we all look. We all wear the leather vests. We all wear this. Uh, like we all carry the bridge, right? Like we're all carrying the bridge listen, every day. Listen. Well, damn. We all have a bridge to carry, you're bro. Sounding like uh, let love, let love rule. I think we should bring in let, a little Lenny Kravitz. Are we just quoting random stuff now? <laughs> No, I just, I just think it's a very, uh, no, it's a very nice sentiment. Yeah. I'm thinking, geez, buddy, it comes down to, comes back to love. Brother. Is this a uh, thought we were supposed to be doing like about, a fun loving podcast, love. not like a deep introspective one. Sorry. I, I don't mean to crush the vibe, but. Well, I, 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 I've got Lenny on the brain cause I'm reading his biography right now. So. Yeah. I love Lenny. Um, so, um, so he's teaching them this leg, the leg stand, the importance of legs, which is awesome. And he tells him, uh, we're going to spend all day on this mm-hmm. and probably each day for the next week, uh, working just on stances. Right. And then he, uh, he, he says to Teft, he says, Teft, split them into pairs by size and weight and then run them in ele- uh, an elementary forward spear stance. Aye, sir. <laughs> Teft barked. And then he froze, yeah. realizing what he'd given away. The speed at which Teft had responded made it obvious that he'd been a, yeah. a soldier. 
So Teft met Kaladin's eyes and saw that Kaladin knew and the older man scowled. But Kaladin returned a grin. He had a veteran under his command. That was going to make this... Yeah, this is my my highlight, dude. Um, Cal catching Teft in like yeah. a, a moment of revealing who he is or who he was. I love this. This is it's so great. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the scowl. That was my that was my title as the alternate right. title for this chapter. That was my alternate title. Like instead of to care, I thought I. Oh yeah, it's good it's good. It's very telling, right? Um, and it's also if yeah. you if you think of it that way, all the men are now listening to Cal fully. Like it took a long time to get totally. here, but they're now took a long time to get to I sir. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's I sir. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. This is I know. this is definitely one of the best alternate titles that you've come up with. I think it's very emblematic of what's happening in this chapter. Oh. Um but yeah. I don't do it every chapter, but uh but this one, yeah, I think to care I think I think to care is the is the right yeah. choice. Um especially considering the right. next chapter. Um but uh, this, sorry, this scowl that uh, that Teft gives Cal here when yeah. Cal trips him up is l- dripping with a fuck right. you. Like, it's... Yeah, oh, I just... <laughs> yeah, I yeah, gave up the so ghost. Great. Yeah, it's so great. It's so awesome. And I love this next thought. So Kaladin, okay, so now that Kaladin knows that Teft used to be a yeah. military man, now he says, no wonder he never takes off that shirt, Kaladin thought. It probably hides a mess right. of scars, which also would have been indicative of battle. So I love this that Kaladin's yeah. mind goes like that. And now he starts to unpack it. And he's thinking, I have um mm. I have an alternate you have so alternate right. titles. I have an alternate reason why Teft might not be taking his shirt off. Um Teft is literally every dude who is like over forty five. He just doesn't take his shirt off. Even swimming. We keep our T shirts on. We don't like our man boobs. He just yeah. he's not we, Yeah. Double extra large he's shirts just, <laughs> down to the knees. Yeah, he's just not into it. He's like, oh, uh, all the, oh, it's the um, it's the weep, uh, it's the riddance. Oh, everyone's outside showering together. I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna shower. Yeah. sorry guys, I'm just self conscious. Well, I think he's just. I think he's shower shy. He's shower shy. That's <laughs> shower that's what I think. Shy. He could be full of. He could be full of scars, but he maybe, might be shower maybe he's shy. Just, I mean, you know, I was when I, I. I'll tell you this: they are not shower shy in ooh. Iceland. So I, so yeah, I went to Yeah, you mentioned Iceland this on the pod before, and, uh, that you went to Iceland with uh, your wife, Linda, right? I did, yeah. I went to Iceland, and uh, with my son, we went to go in a hot spring. And I brought, <laughs> I brought, I brought my son around the corner, and yeah, they're not, they're not shower mm. shy. Everybody so Parker got an eyeful, or? Swing, swinging around. Sweet. There was lots of, everything was on full display. I had... Uh, <laughs> Iceland is uh, was yeah, sorry. Hold on. Let me uh, let, let's frame this uh, up a little bit place here. To go. Were there? No, that's a no, whole no, other. No, no, no. Let me ask one question. Let me ask one question. It's just like they're not shower. No, Taff might be shower shy. Iceland, Iceland, Iceland did, the Icelanders did. Not, they're not did Parker shy. get no. his first Bjork in that hot spring? Did he? Doink, did he get his first his Bjork? First or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, who knows? No, okay. I don't know. That he might just, be... he, had, he had a great time swimming, but I think he had a lot to <laughs> adjust to uh, in that uh, in that moment. And uh, I, you know, I said to I said to Parker, I said, you know, sorry, son. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry about the boobs, I, son. I, I I didn't know I didn't know how to prepare you for the, the you should, Eiffel that you Jack, were going to listen, get. But uh, if you're you ever there's uh, there's more than an ever, Eiffel. You should never wonderful. apologize for boobs. Don't ever. Whatever you do in your life, you should never apologize for boobs. Boobs can apologize for themselves. It's not on you to apologize for boobs. 
<laughs> uh, it wasn't just boobs. Um, but moving, moving on, moving on. Um, so yeah, we get this. Uh, we get this part here with Rock and uh, the yeah. the untrainable. He said, "I love this." He says uh, about um, about fighting. He says um, about fighting being beneath you. Kaladin says to Rock, "Is true. I'm not a fourth son." What does that have to do with it? First son and second son are needed for making food, Rock said, raising a finger. Is most important. Without food, nobody lives, yes? Third son is craftsman. That, this is me. I serve proudly. Only fourth son can be warrior. Warriors, they are not needed as much as crafts, you see? God, I love the way Rock talks. And I just did the uh, the worst impression of Rock. You uh, you do so do an my, all right impression of my it. My apologies. No, don't, oh, I don't, don't know. get the bat on you. You know, I, what I really want you to do is in our D&D game, uh, <clears throat> and then we're playing Barrow, 3.5 Barrow, the Forgotten, uh, mm. Forgotten King. Can you like invent uh, an NPC or like oh. something that speaks like Rock? Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Um, yes, I could try, but I, I don't know... Uh, where that'll come in, but I should try. Even and, you know what you should re- remind me in tomorrow's game. Sure. Remind me again. You know what I you know what I um, really like is rocks this, this huge that you dude. Do, I like the way he like incompletes the sentences, yeah. and I just I love it. Like rocks this really yeah. huge dude, so he speaks in that manner, or you would think he does. But could you maybe make the guy in our D and D game really small, like make it a gnome yeah, that speaks sure. like that, or a halfling or something? Because that would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Or a plant. Or a plant. A rock bud. <laughs> a speaking rock bud. Hey, I this do. is my uh, buddy Rock First bud. First of all, let's get let's get things straight. I open up for no one except for Storm. <laughs> Only for Storm. <laughs> no, sorry. When when Storm come, I I close up. But, uh, That's funny. Um, so Rock is not interested in fighting, which is cool. But again, it's it's for a different reason. Right. Like it's not just that he's a you know he's a pacifist. It's that there's it's cultural. This, you know this exactly. It's cultural. Yeah. Um, then he, uh, then he says this, he says, yes, Rock said proudly, uh, is best way on the peaks. There's always food. Not every family has four sons. So not always is a soldier needed. I cannot fight. What man could do this thing before the Uli to Kanaki? And I was, uh, I think he, I think he mentions it later on, um, to Kaladin. About this, that only women can be Uli Takanaki or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I swear that. Oh no, it's later. It's it's on the next page. Um, so he he mentions this, and then uh, Kaladin is is uh, getting Lopin and Rock together. Um, and who's the other guy? Dabid. And he says, "Look, I'm not going to be training you. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to do something else that's just, if not more, important." Right. Um, and then he says, we'll see trouble from Gaz and our new captain, or at least his wife, if we don't bring back salvage. And then Rock speaks up and says, we three cannot do the work of 30, Kaladin. It's not possible. Maybe not, but Kaladin wants them to try anyway. Right. And so he's got some strategy for how three guys are going to get more salvage so that they, so that he can train the rest of them, right. um, to escape. And like you said, it's super important. So, like this is a really important job that they have. Well, on the next page, yeah, he says, um, uh, right now a scavenger is more important to me than another spear. Right. So I love that about Kaladin is just, he's thinking like just, you know, he's a tactician. He's a, 
battle master, mastermind. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's got to, he's got to be, he's a chess player. He's got to be 40 moves ahead. Right. And like, he didn't so, like, realize how important it was to have someone carrying water during the bridge runs until Lopin started doing it. Right. Like when Lopin, right, who only right. had one arm, he can't, he couldn't do that. And Lopin right. showed his worth by going, Hey, Gancho. Hey, Gancho. Yeah. I got all this water, Gancho. <laughs> That's your Gancho voice. I love it. It's great. I've, I practice it your every Lopen. night. I don't. My wife's like, enough with the Gancho voice. voice. And your Renar, your, and your Renarin voice is no good. I'm saving my That's Renarin voice voices. in my pocket for a special day. We actually got a, you, a message you, from a Redditor. You've been told about the Renarin yeah, voice. Yeah, we, we have a, told, one of the fans messaged me saying, uh, stop doing the mm. Renarin voice. That's my special stop boy. I love him. Stop making fun of Renarin. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know what? Whoever, who, I, I, who was that, by the it way? It was a Zuchef on uh, Reddit, I think it was. Okay. I don't, well, have, I don't I have my with phone this. with me here, so I can't tell. You I agree sure. with this person wholeheartedly. Sean should not make fun of Renarin. As <laughs> I'm not does. making fun I of Renarin. I love Renarin. You are. The voice is ridiculous that you're doing. I'm sorry, that. but and listen. If you're going to be a young man and you're going to run out Mark, so. in front of a chasm fiend with no sword, no armor, no shield, and go, Father, is there anything I can do help, to help you? I'm sorry, but... That's not the way he would sound. That's I, awful. That's not I beg him. To differ. That's not Renard. I beg to no. differ. No. no. Let's uh, no. agree to disagree on this one. We're, um, we're, I'm out on that one. Well, okay, so yeah, the most so, important thing is he's got this plan for them to get salvage, and this is amazing. Syl makes herself visible. So yeah. uh, Kaladin holds out his hand and Syl alighted on it. He'd spoken to her earlier and she'd agreed to his plan. Mm-hmm. He didn't notice her doing anything special, but Lopin suddenly gasped as Syl becomes visible. Right. And then he says, uh, Lopin says, well, flick my sparks. Rock, you never said it was so pretty. Syl smiles broadly at this. This right. little she flirtatious likes little bit. Mm-hmm. She likes this. And then Rock says, be respectful. It is not for you to speak of her in that way, little person. Yeah. This is great so because... I like, um, I like how he's defensive about Syl, but I also like how Syl liked being noticed as being beautiful. Right. I, I, I like this part so because we cool. also get the information that um, Rock has told the other Bridgemen about Syl. Yeah. Because they've, yeah, seen Rock, yeah. uh, they've seen Kaladin talking to himself, and in order for them not to think that he's crazy, he's crazy. Rock's like, no, yeah. he's got... <laughs> he's not no, crazy. He talks friend. to this little friend that spins around him. Like, that sounds fucking crazy, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But uh, they're so, they're a little bit worried about the Chasm Fiends here. They're like, what about the Chasm Fiends? We might be ge- get eaten, like, and then we can't salvage. And then he's like, the this territory. is a chance we have to take, guys. We have yeah. to do it. Kaladin's just very, very blunt about that part. Yeah. I also like here that Cal asks Rock to try and make a map of the Chasms they go down. Try to keep track of where you're going, because this could really help them in their escape. Mm-hmm. It's 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 planning, right? He's 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 definitely planning. It's planning ahead. Um, yep. So Cal like gets back this, to uh, the guys who are training, and um, they Cal remarks that you know they they don't don't complain, and they didn't even ask for a break. They trained all the whole time they were down there without asking for a mm-hmm. break, and um, mm-hmm. this speaks to what he's going to say a little later here um, about their um, well, Mo, their ability. Well, Moash was doing really really well. Yeah, Moash. The men started really, really getting really well. this. Drahi and Scar mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And I like, um, so on the next page of this, so 863 for the uh, paperback, I love this. It's um, Kaladin is noting, he's watching, and he says, watching them stand resolute and capable in stances they had only just been taught 
Kaladin realized something. These men, cast off by the army, forced to work themselves near to death, then fed extra food by Kaladin's careful planning, were the most fit, training-ready recruits he'd ever been given. Mm-hmm. By seeking to beat them down, Sadius had prepared them to excel. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic, oh, dude. That's where the chap. That's where the chapter ends. Yeah, that might be the. So, um, oh, that might be the. So amazing. Uh, um, that little part that you read, and I might have to record that for our our little episode. Oh intro. yeah, it's so. Good. That's the highlight. Yeah, it's yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah so quick good. highlight. What do you? Uh, is that your highlight, or is the Sil thing your highlight? Well, I mean, that's a really good one. Sil appearing is a big highlight. Um, let's see. I love the Tef uh, thing when Cal trips up Tef. The Tef that's my thing, highlight, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I mean, I think the highlight is is to care. Yeah. And there's right. so many good things in this chapter. Yeah. Anyways, an amazing, amazing chapter. Yeah. So chapter 50. Mm-hmm. Chapter 50. Backbreaker, Backbreaker powder. powder. Ooh. We just did that in stereo, bro. In Backbreaker. Stereo. It sounds like a, a, a Pearl Jam song. They got a really good one called Backspacer. I'm a big fan. Backspacer powder. Uh, that um, one. Is for um, Backspacer. Flame and char, skin so terrible, eyes like pits of blackness is the quote. Yeah, it sounds familiar, that right? Shalon has quoted, yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds I like we've... So. Skin so terrible? Yeah, well, it's, I don't know if it's the same. It's not the same quote again, but we've had one where it was like flame and uh, uh, skin, charred skin I've and stuff. I've yeah. got it. I've got it. This gives it all away. This 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 um, quote. Mm-hmm. It explains the whole series? Yeah, no, explains the 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 final villain. It's Fred, it's Freddy Krueger, man. Flame and char, skin, skin so terrible. Skin so eyes terrible. Like yeah, it's Freddy Krueger. One, two, I'm t- Freddy's I'm coming you. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the dude! Um, I was so scared of that guy when I was growing up. Seriously. Oh, I love him. He's just the drunk uncle. It was. Uh, this, it was he's Freddy. The boy, he's the creepy uncle. It was Freddy for me. Freddy, Pennywise the clown. Which was a little later because I, I think I was like Pennywise thirteen, but it's still Pennywise the clown fucking freaked me out, and <laughs> and the devil. I went to Catholic school and a legit the devil. Yeah, the devil, dude. The the devil, dude. French Catholic schools would tell you, listen, if you masturbate, the devil's coming for you. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd lie in bed at night, afraid to touch myself, because the uh, the uh. devil was like, I'm making you touch yourself, bitch. Scary shit, oh, dude. Oh my goodness. Well, I guess we've crossed that line. Well. Um No, that's no uh, that's 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 funny. Um <laughs> like it's weird. I, I was scared. I think I was scared of, you know, those things a little bit, but I was just I was always really intrigued by by the villains. I've always loved I've always loved the villains. I I like kids. There are, kids there, villains. are few, like, I, there are a few villains like villains that that disturb me are things like okay we'll talk, we'll we'll just throw this out there. Um, there's a movie called The Strangers, hmm. and in that film the villains it's just I, as far as I as far as I understand it's just random killers. Is that the one with Luke Wilson and uh, is he like the dad? Are they like standing outside the house looking stars. at them wearing masks and stuff? Is that the one? I think it's it might be Luke Wilson, and it's I think that gal from Lord of the Rings that uh, I have a, uh, I have a um, pretty that gal. she was in Lost. Her name? Uh, Is that the one? No, no. Um, oh, jeez, what's her name? Liv Tyler. Gosh. Liv Tyler. That's it. Liv you think Tyler. that's what it is? 
we'll have to yeah, get the, someone to fact check that. I, at least I think it's Liv Tyler. But those kind of villains, that that disturbs me. Okay. But mm-hmm. Freddy and Jason and these guys, like, come on. These are good guys. These come are, on, dude. These I was are, like eight. These are good guys. Come on. Well, I was eight too, but anyway. Yeah, but. Um, so, yeah. Okay, um, so chapter 50. Shallan. So, we, what we, so Shallan is, uh, so this is the Nugget. aftermath of what happened uh, previously where she, um, you know, uh, was appearing um to have committed suicide. Yeah. She slit her wrist and was going for the ruse. And in so doing with the ruse, I mean, um, uh, she was, um, I guess she was, she felt that she was in a position where she had to uh, tell Yasna uh, about the Fabriel. Right. And, uh, and then she blacked out. Right. And it's, it seemed to work because she's alive. So when yeah. we last left from, Shalon, from, we had from, this from the poisoning. Remember she uh, she described <clears throat> this like warm sensation Sorry, going was... through her body. Mm-hmm. Um, it says something happened. A warm, a flash of warmth burnt through Shalon. Something inside her skin, as if she had been dumped into a steaming hot cauldron. She screamed, yeah. arching her back. Her muscles spasmed and all went black. So Yasna saved her. Um, she mm-hmm. told her she was going to try to um, soul cast the poison out of her and out of um, her, yeah. it clearly worked because she's alive. Well, okay. So, so thank on, God on that she note, gave the soul caster back. I'm, I'm done with jam. That's it. Well, actually <laughs> that's I it. You're out on jam. jam. I should, I should be done with, I should be done with bread, but I'm, but I hear I'm, I'm done with, I'm done with boys coming over to the house with bread and jam Yeah, and they keep coming. You're done. You, guys, that's it. Stay home. Do you, that's it. do you have a lot of no, that happen? Do you have a lot of no boys more, come over no with bread and jam? No more guys coming over with bread and jam. No, no. I, I'm not, I don't like it. Okay, so anybody out there that was planning on going to Jack's place with bread and jam, just make other plans. He's <laughs> he's not interested. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not interested in your bread. I'm not interested your in your poison. poison. Okay, so okay, so this chapter starts off with it with a. I highlight I highlighted this because uh, previously I had highlighted another word that was used. I forget what it was. I I, I like a little bit of verbose language in in the things I read mm-hmm. and gossamer is used here right off the bat yeah, in this chapter. Nice. She sat up feeling oddly healthy. Bright sunlight illuminated the window's gossamer white shades. So I want to shout out to Brandon Mr. Sanderson for throwing a little gossamer. He is a wordsmith. It's so nice. Uh, I'm in the hospital. Uh, she, she, Shalon is thinking. Moved to a private room. She, a soldier peeks in on her. Yeah. It was apparently a guarded room. She says. Well, she. Um, what happened? She says. Uh, to as soon the, as she wakes soldier, up, I was poisoned, wasn't I? And she says, Cabzel, is he all right? Yeah. The guard just turned back to his post. I love this he dude. Ignores her. This is my. This is my highlight of the uh, the chapter. Um, th- this is really funny to me. Uh, I feel bad for the soldier. You know, um, he peeks in. Like the, the the nurse sees her wake up and she takes off. And then when she takes off, the soldier peeks in. And <laughs> when he peeks in, he's like hit with a barrage of questions here. That like, yeah, the, what happened? The, the soldier has no clue. He's like, hey, <laughs> random guy, I was poisoned. What happened to my boyfriend? Also, what do you think about Voidbringers? And also, it's kind of weird that the Alethi fight over Gemhards. What do you think? What do you say? What say you? What say you? <laughs> and, and like this and poor dude. Like, He's like, um, I'm just guarding this door, lady. <laughs> like, uh, you're yeah, gonna have to talk to somebody um, yeah. else about all those questions. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. He doesn't even say anything. He just like, no, he doesn't. Just turns. I just away. feel bad for him. Um, like he's being barraged. So the, the 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 nurse that notices her, notices her wake up goes and obviously tells Yasna because Yasna comes in at the you know, she appears at the end, at the other end of the hallway. She's wearing a different dress. 
mm-hmm. black yeah. with light gray piping. Yeah, you think so she's I like in this mourning because here? I, I find the colors the colors are sort of playing here. And um, she comes in and she says, "You were wise to return the Soulcaster. It saved mm-hmm. your life. I saved your life." And then uh, Shalon says, "Thank you, Yasna. Who are you working with? Which devotee bribed you to steal the Fabril?" Yeah, and she's trying to tell Yasna, "Like it, I'm not working for anybody. I'm, I'm." It, it was me. Yeah. And she didn't, and, and Yasna she, doesn't Yasna's believe her. Kind of, no, she's having a hard time like understanding that, which, okay. So to, to, to go back, this is, so this is the first, I think of two instances where Jack was very wrong. Yes. In my, um, uh, we need my a, presumption. Um, we need I, a like bulletin that, uh, pretty, here, hold on, hold on. I was wrong. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Theory, uh, <laughs> theory corner that's, with Jack. That's our, that's our Jack was wrong. Um, so the alarm is, I thought Yasna was going to be that chess player that was going to be ahead of Shalon. Yeah. I really thought that Yasna, my girl, was going to know of this, uh, this plan or of the Fabriel being a fake and was kind of. I guess I was hoping maybe that Yasna was looking at this woman thinking, okay, yes, you need the Fabriel. Yes, your father is dead. Yes, your family needs this. Yes, 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 I get it. But, and I'm willing to help, but I thought Yasna had seen in Shalon a woman that I need to accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish academically. Right. So I kind of thought the need for Shalon in Yasna's life would supersede the um, the wrongdoing of stealing, and that Yasna was trying to teach her again another lesson, if mm-hmm. you will. But uh, no, Shalon is very, very, or sorry, Yasna is very, very angry. Yes, um, and she was completely duped by Shalon, the rogue, Ra- Shalon the the deceiver yeah she's um shalon the the manipulator like she's like shalon is we we talked about this last pod it's i think it's uh it's uh, worth bringing up again that if it hadn't been um for uh for capsule she would have got away with it right Right, she. Um, yeah, if, if it wouldn't, have, it wasn't been for the and poison. And that's where her professionalism it went down the two. Like for for right. a boy with bread and jam, like you, right, you're gonna bring me bread and jam, and I and I gave this all up for bread and jam. Are you serious? Right, like a true rogue or a true spy or whatever would have gone in, done the job, and gotten out and not been attached to anybody. But she got attached to Capsule, who was paying attention to her, and she had never had that, and no one ever paid romantic but attention she gave to her. It up she gave it up for bread and jam. Now, if it was like yeah. a yacht filled with bread and jam, okay, maybe I'd think about it. <laughs> like, a, like a party <laughs> yacht on the way to Ibiza was, yeah. with bread and on jam. The way to just Ibiza, yeah, going to, on the way Urithiru. to uh, Yeah, I'm going to the rave. We're going to the rave in a yacht filled with bread and jam. Okay, mm. capsule, I'll, I'll, I'll entertain you. But yeah. otherwise, she should have flicked him off her shoulder like for this whole thing. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, she can't It's help too it. bad, but um, anyway, so Yasna comes in. She's very, very angry. They have a an exchange, and yeah, what Yasna, were you thinking, child? She says, and, and Yasna, or Shalon is saying, well, my, my, my father is dead. Right. Yasna says, so? 
Well, he was not well-liked, Brightness. Actually, he was hated. And our family's bankrupt. My brothers are trying to put up a, a strong front by pretending he still lives. But uh, dared she tell Yasna that her father had possessed a soul caster? So she actually doesn't. No. And then she says, we, we, need, we needed something, an edge, a way to earn money quickly. And then Yasna fires back, you thought your salvation lay in enraging not only all of the entire Ardentia, but Alethkar? Do you realize what my brother would have done if he'd learned of this? And that's what you were saying before, yeah. is that like, like this would have been war. Right. And we've talked about this before, about how, you know, this was mentioned before that um, the Alethi, uh, people around Alethkar are afraid the Alethi are just going to attack them. And mm-hmm. um, this was brought up before, too. And uh, um, it seems true. Yasna, the, the you know sister to the king, is like, you know, my brother finds out about this. You get away with this and my brother, like, you know, you, you steal it. And my brother finds out about this and there's war. So, yep. Yep. you know, uh, uh, Elokar is just looking for any reason. Yeah, totally. Yasna mm-hmm. y- tells her, I've arranged passage back uh, to Yaakoved for you. You'll be leaving in the morning. Uh, and then she also informs her that your friend, the Ardent, is dead. Yeah. The bread was poisoned. Backbreaker powder. Yeah. Very lethal. Dusted over the bread to look like flour. Yeah, we find out here that not just this time, but Every time, Yasna suspects that every time Capsule came to her with bread and jam, it was poisoned. And you you really loved this here. You loved how the bread was poisoned, but the jam was the antidote. And Yes. Yeah. And, and um, then we had a discussion about, I remember, so this is interesting, is when you asked me yesterday, when we were trying to record this for the first time, yeah. um, you, asked, you asked me, Jack, do you think that Capsule... Um, intended uh, to protect Shalon because he was genuinely, you know, yeah. he had feelings for my, her? My question was, or, do you think Capsule actually had feelings for Shalon? Or was this just right. all a play? And then, and, then, and then I fired back to that. So I was thinking about that question and I thought, well, okay. So if his goal indeed was to poison Yasna, he needed Shalon alive in order to get close. Right. So it really does beg the question, you know, did he have feelings or not? Right. Because he, he, he couldn't have poisoned Yasna without Shalon being alive. Right. And every time he shows up with bread and jam, he can't be sure that's the time that Yasna is going to have the bread. Right, so he has to have a way to be able to make sure Shalon survives the next encounter if Yasna's not right. there, or if Yasna doesn't right. eat the bread. So he has to right. include the an- uh, the antidote in order to keep Shalon alive, to continually have access to Yasna. But like you said, he sort of in Strawberry, he was very insistent that she right. take the jam. Yeah, so that's the only the outlier in this whole thing is that evidence. He, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. We'll never, we'll never possible, know. He's dead. We'll never know. Right. But... And I also think I'm going to reserve something else. I'm going to reserve that Yasna may not be telling the truth about capsule. I'm going to reserve that. Okay. I don't know, but I'm going to, that'll be another theory. I could be wrong about. <laughs> we'll get another but, uh, one of those later. Yes, I was, there's I was another theory coming Yasna. up here that you were wrong about. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for bringing it up. Yeah. So, so we we find that, out that capsule nice paper cut, pour lemon juice on it. We find out here that capsule isn't even an ardent. He never was an ardent. 
Remember this the scene was, in the garden when him and Shalon were like being romantic and yeah, like flirty and, and stuff. He was ducking. Yeah, and he yeah. was ducking out of the way from other Ardens but, and the king. And then okay, but here here's here's my thing. So he's this here's this guy with bread and jam, Mr. Bread and Jam. Mr. Bread and Jam ducking behind hedges, yeah. can't be seen. He's not an Arden, but he looks like one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one else has stopped him or asked him what what are you doing here? Right. Why are you in the veil? I mean, like, I, I think it's as easy as cutting your beard into a square and then everyone thinks you're an ardent, so... I guess, but, like, if he was there, like, how was he... How was he... Was How was he bathing? How was he... Was he a smelly... He would have been a smelly man. He would have been. He would have smelled like bread and like, jam and, Shalon like, should have been BO. like, okay, buddy, you, like, you got a square beard, but, like, you don't have access to the latrines no. or the showers. You don't have access to Iceland. This is not going well right. you're just you're a you're a smelly it's man. funny to think that maybe he wasn't completely an ardent there, there's there's two sides to here um ardents don't seem to have the skill set to be able to sneak around a city and not get caught do you know what i mean he, i feel like he would have had a different set of skills mm-hmm. to be able to do to pull that off however yeah maybe he was very learned learned in a lot of the, the conversations they had to talk about as if he was an ardent so maybe it's possible that he had ardent training or, um, because he did the whole somatics thing with the, uh, the, the sand and the plates and the, like in, you know, like all this, like, yeah, he knew so, all about that. Well, he, I mean, he could be a zealot of some other, of some other type or true. Um, or maybe, yeah. So, so maybe sent from some other faction, um, that, that we may yet find out about. I, th- mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems odd that he. It seems odd that he um, died. I find that odd to accept. Yeah. So I don't know. There's something. There's something about the capsule thing that just doesn't seem right to me. I could be barking up the wrong tree, and maybe I am. But I wasn't barking up the right, wrong tree when it comes to Dabid, was I? Um, Something's going on there. So. Um, later, a little later on here in this chapter, um, uh, Yasna, you won't even talk to me. You <laughs> sorry, um, you're completely. I, I love you, but you're like they're like the guard with Shalon. Shalon, hey, hey, what happened hey, to me? Was that poison? No, you're like no. that. You're like, hey, Sean, can you tell me all the rest of the book, please? Hey, Sean, hey, I know, hey. yeah. Can you tell me the rest of the book? Um, Am I right about something? So Yasna says um, she understands why Shalon tried to kill herself because of the guilt from all this stuff. I know, but she didn't try right. to Right, and she can't even tell. Like she, she could tell her right now. Legit, she could tell her, listen, I didn't actually kill myself. I did this yeah. thing with the Soulcaster. I don't know how I did it. Um, but she doesn't. She hold, still holds that back, even though it can't really get her into bigger trouble than she already was, right? Right, right. Well, and also it would be something else. So, so just after this uh, d- d- deliberation, I guess, um, Yasna says, well, you need to learn to live with your guilt. You might mm-hmm. not have escaped with my Fabril, but you have thrown away a very promising career. This foolish scheme will stain your life for decades. No woman will take your will take you as a ward now. You threw it away. Yeah. She shook her head in distaste and then she says, I hate being wrong. Yeah, you and love this part, eh? I love it. Because it's just it's Yasna like at her most vulnerable mm-hmm. because Shalon has got to her. Right. And she hates being wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and turns away again, you know, those just the whole thing, the black dress, you know, by the way, your Arden friend is dead. Like she's 
throwing daggers at Shalon. I, I, but again, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it, I, I don't quite understand why Capsule's dead with this idea that, you know, he poisoned himself somehow. Like, I don't, well, I don't he, know. Well, it says earlier that um, he overestimated how much backbreak powder he put on this batch. Yasna thinks that maybe yeah, it was but, to get her to breathe it in, even if she doesn't eat the bread. And because the... But, um, he, but he had jam. Yeah, so but he didn't he put it in his mouth right away, right? He ate bread. He didn't even... The jam didn't even get opened until after. So he thought he had more time to be able to eat the jam because Yasna took the jam to smell it and was holding it while he was eating the bread. And the backbreaker powder, which he put too much on the bread, worked too quickly. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. You know what's funny, though, is that Yasna here says that uh, she hates being wrong. And so do you. You hate being wrong, too. Like you were wrong about Yasna. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Yasna. I don't like being wrong. And uh, I was wrong big time on this. So that's okay. Uh, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson is consistently surprising me. Shalon feels like she's lost everything here. Right? Shalon, oh yeah, uh, well, okay, so to turn the page from uh, from I hate being wrong, with that, she turns to leave, Shalon raises a hand, I have to apologize, I have to say something, Yasna, she calls out, the woman did not look back, no. and the guard did not return. Yeah. I love this last bit. Shalon, this, so this is how the chapter ends, Shalon curled up under the sheet, stomach in knots, feeling so sick that for a moment, she wished that she'd actually dug that shard of glass in a little deeper. That's pretty dark, eh? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that Yasna hadn't been quick enough with the soul caster to save her. Wow. So she's thinking, I, I wish I'd killed myself, or I wish that Yasna hadn't saved me. Right. She'd lost it all. No Fabriel to protect her family, no wardship to continue her studies, and no capsule. She'd never actually had him in the first place. Her tears dampened the sheets as the sunlight outside faded, then vanished. Nobody came to check on her. Nobody cared. So sad. So in direct contrast to the previous chapter, which was to care, mm-hmm. Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, so deftly, eloquently, so yeah. amazingly, yeah, just so, you know, purposefully, you know, gives you a chapter where nobody cares. Yeah. It's so amazing. Um, it's a great... It, these two chapters back to back are just amazing it's to very, go through. So it's very like you said, me, it's very purposeful for him to do this, oh, and yeah. it's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he he could have called he could have called the previous chapter um, to care, and then this one could have been nobody cared. Yeah, and that would have been too um, too I, I on did, the nose, I think, though, right? Doing it this way, too on the nose. Yeah, he. Yeah, so back, so so doing the back, the back, uh, backbreaker back, powder, back, yeah, backbreaker. 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 Uh, so what's your um, highlight for this chapter? Highlight for this chapter. Oh, geez. I guess, I guess it's the, I guess it's Yasna saying, I hate being wrong. Because that resonates for me because I don't like being wrong. And, uh, and I was wrong about Yasna, mm-hmm. my girl. Just like she was wrong Do about that. Shalon. Oh, well, don't, don't drive it. Oh, now you're making it. Uh, oh, sorry. Very, uh, 
My uh, my no, highlight no, is no. You're not making it personal. You're making it. It's 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 actually bringing me further in, which is which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, my my ch- uh, highlight of this chapter is probably <clears throat> mm-hmm. the uh, interaction she has with the guard at the beginning. I, I know it's such a simple thing, but I just <laughs> think it's hilarious. It makes me laugh. Like poor dude, ignoring you. Like he's probably like you know like on break later talking to another guard. And he's like this fucking redhead chick was like asking me all these questions. Like I don't know fucking shit. He's like I don't know. I, what I, the hell if is. she asked me how to poke a guy with a sword. I can do that, but I don't know anything else. He sh- he he should have turned over his shoulder and said, "I don't date artists." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I didn't put any." <laughs> <laughs> I don't date hippies. Yeah, sorry, you're just <laughs> just not my kind of girl. <laughs> not you're not my kind. You're not my type. Chapter fifty-one. Chapter fifty-one. 51. How many ones? Is chapter, chapter Saz Nan Sas. Sasnan. Sasnan. Oh, you know what? I love naan. Oh, speaking of bread earlier. You know what? Um, uh, Homemade pizza on naan bread is some of the most delicious stuff ever. God, it's so good. good. Indian food. Oh my gosh. So this is going to be a tough chapter Mm. here. Um, It's a small one. It's a very, very small chapter, but it is tough. Um, We are one year ago. uh, Yeah, one year. Well, let's talk about sasnan here. So sasnan, each word. Okay. Yeah. Um, is almost the palindrome sort of thing. Right. Saz, obviously, S-A-S, but non is very close. Yeah. So I find it interesting that in this chapter, these two words um, become what Kaladin has been labeled right. and branded. And it's like Kaladin is taking a step closer towards being more godlike right. from the naming. That's what I'm taking from this. Because like what we said earlier um, that like when uh, something symmetrical or like a palindrome, yeah, a palindrome yeah. is like uh, close to divinity. And so you're thinking that now that he's mm-hmm. been branded with this very symmetrical yeah. palindrome uh, uh, yeah. set of a phrase that he's become more closer to divinity. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like I would equate it to, um, you know, that the hardship that you that you go through, yeah. Okay, it, and and I mean, and there's there's a obviously there's a big story here to compare it to. It would be right. the, I guess, the story of Jesus, let's say, right. as an example. So you've got this guy, you know, and, and he goes through horrible things. He goes through, you know, the forty days test. He goes through the crucifixion, and then ultimately, like you're, you're, you're he's the the Jesus character is taking a step closer to divinity. I guess you could argue he already was, but I mean mm-hmm. that's a separate. Yeah. conversation but but with Kaladin that's how I see this is that this branding all the suffering is leading towards him becoming something more mm-hmm. there's, and so there's definitely some religious from, iconography in here like there's it's not oh yeah um, totally it's definitely for like him, him being put out in the storm yeah. oh yeah for sure yeah like agreed like, yeah anyways that's a that could be a separate uh, a separate pod but mm-hmm. uh, Kaladin sits quietly in the waiting room of Amaram's wooden war center mm-hmm um, four of his men remained with him, four out of 26. Yeah. yeah and it's... the men, the men called him lucky. The men called him storm blessed that he'd, uh, he'd started to believe that I killed a shard bearer today. He thought mind numb, like, like Lannison, the sure-footed or Evid mark maker me i killed one i find this like like lannison the sure-footed or evid mark maker i find that on this page it's almost like he's thinking you know like um like uh like lancelot right or like or like uh sir galahad or king arthur like he's 
starting to compare himself to legends. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get that from this that these guys, yeah. Lennis and the Surefooted and Evod the ma- Mark Maker, are um, are dark eyes who won shards on the battlefield, like just regular oh, Joes yeah. like okay. him. Yeah. Okay. Are they? Okay. Beat a yeah. shard bearer uh, with like un unbelievable odds, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't care. No, he didn't he says, care at all. Um, outside, a windspren flits from one tent to another. So the windspren is there. And the next sentence, I, I had to underline this. Behind Kaladin, the room had a thick red rug and shields on the walls. I wrote, I underlined uh, red rug because I thought this could be, it was a very vivid, vivid thing for my imagination. And I thought, wow, here it comes. There's something bad going to happen in the chapter. This is the red telephone, the red object in the room. Something bad is about to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that I, my, when I was reading this chapter for the first time, um, uh, it stuck out. Yeah. And he, it turns out that in this case, I was you right. You were right. Yes. Um, Jack was right. Um, Jack. <laughs> giving away the blade here. I, he thinks to himself I that giving could. away the blade was monumentally mm. stupid. He, um, he I could know. have been more yeah. important than Rashon and Amram himself. He would have been a full shard bearer. Yep. Um, yep. he could have gone to the shattered plains like he wanted, like he's always wanted. He could have been rich beyond belief. It could yeah. have provided for his family back home. Like yep. he, and he threw it yep. all away. A new life, everything. Mm-hmm. And he'd given it all away just like that. And yeah. still the mere thought of touching that blade turned his stomach. Yeah. He didn't want wealth, titles, armies, or even a good meal. He wanted to be able to go back and protect the men who had trusted him. Right. Again, to protect the men, to care. He wanted to go back to care. Right. Why had he, uh, why had he chased after the shard bear? He should have run, but no. He'd insisted on charging at a storming, sh- <laughs> storming shard, at a, at a fucking shard bear. Yeah. You protected your high marshal, he told himself. You're a hero. But why was Amaram's life worth more than those of his men? See, again, I think this is still Kaladin thinking about Amaram, you know, you know, being the one light eyes who's, you know, really, right. really good. Yeah. Cause he says, like, he, this, um, this guy's the guy. He did you know? let his subordinates do hero. so. Like he's like, he insisted that his men be well fed and well paid. He didn't treat them like slime. Even in this moment, right. these last moments here, he still thinks that Amaram is like the shining example. I know. Right? I know. It's his... It's his, it's literally his knight in shining armor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know. And, and that's, and that's so disappointing for Kaladin, like, because mm-hmm. it's just yet, yet again, another thing that just keeps getting hammered home. Uh, well, it's almost like, you know, all of his heroes or people that he might look up to just keep getting carved out. Yeah. Like, yeah, now that person's no good. You know, Rashon shows up. Oh yeah. Is it going to be different? No, it's no good. Yeah. And then finally, a direct confrontation with Amaram and even here. Well, this is, it it informs us why he believes that, uh, what he believes about Light Eyes. Like later on when we see him in the, um, in the bridge Mm -hmm. cruise, he keeps saying like they're, you know, they, they, they won't ever honor you winning a shard blade. They, you know, they're all scum. They're all liars. Like. And I was so wrong about Amaram. You were. I was so. Yeah. Jack was wrong about Amram. So wrong. I wanted to be. I wanted this. 
I wanted Amaranth. I like the. I love that name, Amaranth. Yeah. I love it. His. Uh, uh, we I can't. Just, I don't I like think that. you know his first name yet, but I, I won't say it. I think you you find out later. But you don't you don't know his first name yet. Oh, so. okay. Um, no, I don't. But there's a part here I want to read. Um, it's um. It's it's yeah, kind of a little important part here. Amram was talking to one of his storm wardens, a middle-aged man with a square bead, beard and robes of deep black, so a, an ardent. Why yep. Theodicar would risk, risk this, Amram was saying, speaking in a soft voice. But who else would it be? The ghost bloods grow more bold. We'll, fi- we'll need to find out who he was. Do we know anything about him? He was Vaden, my lord. He was Vaden, Bright, Bright Lord, the Storm Warden said. Nobody I recognize, but I will investigate. So we get yeah. uh, some things here. That's we, about the that's about the shard bearer. Yeah, right? this is about the shard bearer that tried to kill Amaram. So they are yeah. trying to investigate. They seem to think that he was here to kill Amaram, not just to be there on the right. battlefield, yeah, but to yeah. be there specifically well, he, well, to kill he, Amaram. He, yeah, he 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 went for him, right? Um, specifically. Um, mm-hmm. But just just before this part that you bring up, which does have a few a few things. So, for instance, the the ghost bloods. That's a new reference, as far as I yeah. that as is far a, as I know. That is a new word. Yeah. Um, theta car. Theta car is new. Uh, yeah. Why why theta car would would risk this? Um, but just prior to this, when Amram enters into this uh, war center, um, he walks in on a crutch, and Kaladin eyes the wrappings and splint mm-hmm. with a critical eye, and he thinks to himself. I could have done better. Yeah. He'd also have, and again, and again, he'd also have insisted that the patient remain in bed, which by the way, would have been perfect for this situation. Cause if Amram was in bed, then uh, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Maybe it wouldn't have been yet. <laughs> but anyways, but e- even, even right now when Amram comes in, Kaladin is still in place. His hope is still intact. Yep. His hope is still there with regards to Amram. Yep. He's looking at his at his at his wounds uh, at his dressings, and he's thinking, "I, I, I, I could have done I, better. I could do better." Yeah, yeah. But uh, after but Amram right. comes in with his uh, his ardent, um, mm. uh, a group of light-eyed officers enter, and they're carrying the shard blade, holding it uh, on a pure white cloth, and behind them, the four remaining members of Cal's squad comes in. He mm. uh, Cal stands Hab, up. He feels Rish, exhausted. Right, yeah, the, the 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 four dudes have Rish, Alibet, and yep. Korob, yeah, um, yep. yeah. This is where the 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 bad stuff happens here. Um, well, the um, so- I like this moment here where um, um, Amaram's personal guard walk in, and Cal thinks to himself, "Are these the men that fled the ba- during the battle? Are these the cowards that left their man to die?" Mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, yeah. Amaram says, yeah. "You did a brave thing today, soldier." Mm-hmm. I, what did you say to that? I wish I'd left you. Um, I wish I'd left you to die. Yeah. And he says, "Thank you." So his internal voice is thinking, "You know, I, I wish I'd left you to die." Yeah. But instead, he just re- and he says, "Thank you." Everyone else fled, including my honor guard. The two men closest to the door looked down, ashamed. Right. But you charged in for the attack. Why? I really didn't think about it, sir. Amram seemed displeased by the answer. Your name is Kaladin, is it? Yes, Bright Lord. From Hearthstone, remember? Amram frowns, looking confused, and then Kaladin reminds him about Rashon yeah. and about his brother joining yeah. the army. He says, ah, yes, I, I believe I remember you. Um, he didn't ask after Tien. You still haven't answered my question. Why, why attack? It wasn't for the Shardblade. You rejected that. 
Yes, sir. And then Kaladin, um, um, the soldier that's holding onto the shard blade is looking at it in awe. So every, you know, any other normal person would have been, would have taken the shard, right. would, would have taken the, the, uh, the, um, um, the shard blade and, and Kaladin did not. And Amram is insistent. Why? Why did you reject it? I have to know. Yeah. I don't want it, sir. Yes, but why? And then internally he says, because it would make me one of you. Right. And then he doesn't say that to him because he says like, it would make me one of no. you. And because I can't look at that weapon that, um, I can't see the faces of the men that it's wielder killed. Right. Um, killed, yeah. but he doesn't tell him here. I don't know if it's out of respect for Amaram still by saying, I don't want to be one of you. And like, he doesn't say it because he's afraid that it'll insult him or something, but he doesn't, he doesn't say it. He like keeps it to himself. No, no. He says, I really he can't does say, answer look, that, sir. Yeah. Yeah. He says like, look, I, I, I won those and I gave it to my boy. Yeah, those shards Koreb are is the best fighter yeah. in my group. Yeah. He's the best fighter in our, my squad and I want him to have it. MRM looked at Korob, then nodded to his attendants, and then they closed the window shutters. The yeah. others pulled their swords out and begin moving toward the remaining members of Kaladin's squad. Kaladin yells, leaping forward, and they cut his men down. Yeah, they do, man. One. Yeah, like uh, two men punch Cal and then hold him back. Um, Cal's yep. trying to fight back, but it takes more men to pile on top of him. Uh, Reesh is cut down really easily. Hab and Alibet try to fight back with knives, but they they fall as well. And then Korob, who we were just told is the one of the better fighters in the best Cal fighter, squad, yeah. he actually puts up a fight, but he's it's too much. He's overwhelmed, and then he falls, falls to, his, to knees, his knees yeah. and he begs for his life. So sad, man. Yeah. And then one of Amram's men cut his head off. Yeah. Cal is literally weeping there. Says, yeah. 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 They were all dead. All of them. All of them, all yeah. four. Yeah, it's... Um, um, Amram steps forward and um, goes down on one knee before Kaladin says, I'm sorry. Kaladin just screams, you bastard. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't risk them telling what they saw. This is what must be, soldier. It's for the good of the army. They're going to be told that your squad helped the Shardbearer. You see, the men must believe that I killed him. Mm-hmm. You're, and then Kaladin says, you're taking the shards for yourself. And he says, I am trained in the sword. And I'm accustomed to plate. It will serve. Althkar best if I bear the shards. You could have asked me for them. And when news got around camp that you killed the shard bearer, but, uh, but I had the shards, nobody would believe that you'd given them up on your own free choice. And even Amram here, this is interesting. He says, besides, son, you wouldn't have let me keep them. So Amram thinks so it's kind of like the two of them think differently about the other. Right. Right? Like it's Amaram is also confused about Kaladin. Amaram thinks Kaladin would have, you know, would be selfish and want them for himself. Right. But he, but he's dead wrong. The light eyes person who's supposed to be honorable is not and the dark eyes person who doesn't necessarily need to be honorable or is right. not supposed to be honorable is is. Yeah. 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 Um you'd have demanded that I return them to you. Um, it took hours to decide, but Rosteris is right. This is what must be done. This is for the good of Althkar. And then Kaladin says, it's not about Althkar, it's about you, Stormont. You're supposed to be better than the others. His t- uh, tears are dripping. Um, 
off of his chin. This is his hero. And uh, Amram says, this is for my men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't begin to understand the weights I carry, Spearman. I can't worry about the lives of a few dark-eyed spearmen when thousands of people may be saved by my decision. Again, it's a very um, strange sort of, I guess, justification from Amram's point of view for this act. Yeah, he thinks that the uh, um, the shards in his possession will do more good overall than if they're in Korob's possession. Right. And but by law, it's I, not it's I, not I, up I to him to decide, right? It's no, up to Calvin's right. side. He, no. Well, the law like, doesn't apply to me. Dic- it just applies yeah, to tradi- you. Tradition dictates <laughs> that Cal won them on the battlefield, and yeah. it's him. It's his decision. Well, that's yeah, not he says, obviously um, how Amram sees it. Well, I mean, p- power power corrupts. Absolutely. He says, you came for me for saving my life. I spare yours. So he, they just brand him a slave. Mm-hmm. He says, five men oh, telling dude, the I same love, story would have been believed, but a single slave will be ignored. The war camp right. will be told that you didn't try to help your fellows, but you didn't try to stop them either, that you fled and you were captured by my guard. You are being discharged as a deserter. So not only is yep. he being slave branded, he's being branded as a deserter yeah. that he left At, his men, yeah. which is coward. the exact opposite yeah. of what Cal would ever do. Right. Right. But you are and spared as death a slave. by my mercy. Yeah. What a dick. He, oh yeah. He opened the door and walked out. The branding iron fell, searing Kaladin's fate into his skin. He let out a final ragged scream. The end of part three. Dude, the end of part three. Whew. We did it. So how do you feel about this? How do you feel about finally knowing what all well, the, this, all the secrecy so this chapter, about was about? Well, I mean, I hate, I mean, I'm Yasna. Yeah. So I hate, uh, I hate being wrong. Right. So I, I was clinging to this idea. I don't know why I was grasping at straws. I was just thinking about all these light eyes and just hoping so badly that one would exhibit well okay there is dalinar right okay so we know that he's trying to be honorable right we know that he's trying to do the right thing what amaran no uh dalinar we you're oh, saying yeah. there's one last hope in dalinar we know that he's trying well, to well there's dalinar and his son right aladin is uh, 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 uh is is trying to he's following the codes even though he's like damn you you codes i like dueling um <laughs> damn, damn but, you uh, codes you codes everything would be all right if it wasn't for the for the darn codes these damn codes but yeah so um, wow we're we're starting a new a new part man um first we're going to be covering the interludes. well okay so let me just say the yeah. i am ram thing i still say to brandon mr sanderson okay it's it's cool this the red rug the red wedding the thing, you know, this whole thing that happened here um, is brilliant. It's great. It's perfect. You know, the branding, the Saznan is what he's called. What does Saznan translate directly into? slave brand. Slave brand. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderfully done. I just couldn't help but reserve that little part of me as a first time reader that was thinking about this Amram guy and that maybe... Maybe he was this, you know, great benevolent character that, that, that some event happened with Kaladin on the battlefield where it was going to become known that he was special, different, storm blessed, yeah. can absorb storm light, 
So I, I was imagining in my mind a scenario where where Kaladin is fighting and and then his talents are starting to become self-evident and known. And and Amaram thought this is dangerous. Someone is going to come for him. Right. Someone is going to kill him. I better. I'm going to brand. I'm going to send him away as a slave to protect him. Right. I'm going to literally and send that, him and, in and the worst later, possible scenario where he might die right. every time he's right. in life. Yeah. Like the, so what I was what I was kind of wondering about was would there be a um a confrontation like this where Amram brands him, removes him from the army and Kaladin's like, you know, yeah, you you bastard. It's kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like they killed Kenny. Right. You bastard. You bastard. You um, killed Kenny. So, yeah. <laughs> so so they kill no, you brand Kenny. You um there's no Kenny. No. There's Dunny. There's only Dunny. Um so I was hoping for Kaladin thinking that Amaram was, you know, the was the bastard. You know, he's the one that that betrayed me. He's the one that branded me. I'm I'm a deserter, and now I'm out, and I'm enslaved, and everything sucks. Yeah. And I got to deal with this, and now I'm now a bridgeman. I thought that maybe there would be a point where the two of them meet up again, and then Kaladin has all this anger for Amaram. Right, but it's unjustified. And then Amaram, and then Amaram gets to tell him, "I saved you." Right. Right. So that was what the big. Technically, you're right. Technically, you're right because Kaladin does have anger for Amaram, and technically, Amaram could have killed him, but did spare him. He didn't save him, but he did spare him. So technically, you are right. Yeah. Yeah. And technically, I have a little bit of info dump. Info. (laughs) Info. Info dump. Is it the uh, what, do you, um, what do you got for the dump? I don't. I don't have anything. I have something. I uh, we um, hear the words ground spren. Yeah, um, they did not that. pull that on sill. Sill. Um, yeah. We actually didn't get a description of what they looked like, so that means that we ground must have spren, already I think been referred to before, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that I don't really remember yeah. them being referred to, but yeah. when he brings up mm-hmm. a spren for the first time, he normally describes it for us, and we didn't get a description this yeah. time, so it must have been earlier in the book, and I just don't remember. Um, we already talked about Lannison, the sure-footed and Evod Markmaker. Um, these dark eyes that um, yep. Cal refers to that uh, that also killed Shardbearers and became Shardbearers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Theta Car um, and the Ghost Bloods. Yeah, what's that about um, the Ghost Bloods? Yeah, something yeah. there, some some kind of uh, something. Biker gang. Yeah, and we also get another name. We the get Restaris. When uh, Amram says Restaris was right. Was right. I thought maybe Rastaris so might have been. You'd have demanded that I return them to you. Uh, it took hours no. to decide, but Rastaris is right. This is what must be done. So. Rastaris is right. Hmm. Hmm. Well, who knows what that we'll means? But um, yeah. So, so we're about to uh, start um, the interludes, um, and you're also about to start what is known in uh, Sanderson fandom as the Sanderlanch. What? The Sanderlanch is um, the very is the ending of the book. It's like an avalanche, but by Sanderson. So a lot of the time, Sanderson builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it all comes tumbling down. So like an avalanche, all the Whoa, snow is really? about to slide down the mountain and hit us. Oh, and wow, we wow, are wow, now wow, near wow. the ending of this uh, this book. And this well, these I didn't last notice two that parts, part four and five are significantly shorter yes. than uh, so, than previous. 
but known as okay. the Sanderlands. So you're so telling me all the you're, stuff. You're telling me super exciting. Part four yes. and five is just like very much well. so. It's okay. all fast pace. Okay. It's all super interesting. All the little stuff that he's built up these last three parts are all going to come to fruition in this next part. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited. I'm super excited. Me too. Okay, well, and on with the interludes. Let's get started. Yeah, we will. So on, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Next, so, next uh, yeah, we'll, next we'll read those and get back. If uh, anyone's out there listening, which we know you are because we're g- receiving so many comments. Of course comments. you are. Uh, thank you very much for reaching out to us and for telling us not to uh, make fun of Renarin. We love you. Um, I will <laughs> try to be kinder to Renarin really deeply in my heart. I love my sweet boy Renarin. So I won't be, uh, I will try to be kinder to him. Um, but, uh, I, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can always rate and review whenever you can or tell friends to listen. You can post about us on, on your, uh, on the socials and tell people to listen. We would love that. It would be uh, the greatest compliment. If you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of, uh, you can reach out to us at heroes of at gmail.com. If you have any uh, feedback, anything you want to mention, anything that we might have forgotten to mention in any of these chapters please let us know we would love to be able to do like a uh, a fact check episode and just talk about all the things that we were dumbasses and didn't didn't see coming um if you want to just chat with us you can always go to um uh the twitter at heroes of one or on instagram at heroes of a you could also join the pathetic excuse for a facebook page called the storm pod i don't even really know what i'm doing on there i'm gonna have to hire someone to to do it or get a friend to do it i have no idea what's going on on that on that page um I'm a mess. But anyways, uh, Jack and I love you so much, and we uh, we are so happy that you guys are listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Take care. Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes Of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, J, Phil, Mike, and Sean, the heroes of Hakathra.